0: Do you have trouble seeing up close or far away? How about at night? I know I do. Go check out Design for Vision and Sunglass Central. They are the premier eye care center for all eyeglasses, sunglasses, and contact lenses in southeastern PA. Whether it is the quality eyeglasses, sunglasses, or contacts that you're looking for, their styles represent the latest in fashionable but affordable eyewear. Not only do they offer a wide selection of non-prescription brands, but they offer prescription lenses fabrication. Whether it's in-store or online, they carry all major brands such as Oakley, Dolce & Gabbana, Coach, Michael Kors, Ray-Ban, Maui Jim, Wiley X, and many more. With over 50 years of experience, Design for Vision and Sunglass Central are the best in fabrication, selection and fitting of designer and specialty glasses. Design for Vision has convenient locations in Morrisville, Levittown, New Hope, Newtown and Jamison. Sunglass Central can be found at the New Hope, Newtown and Jamison locations. That's designforvision.com and sunglasscentral.net. This is chat with Flo Racing, you're listening to the 4Wide Salute Podcast. Did you guys miss me or what? I know, it's been two weeks since the last episode and an extra day because, well, Georgetown wore me the hell out. But we're back, baby, for another episode With the four wide slew podcast presented by Line Decker Racing Engines. Go check out Line Decker Racing Engines on Facebook. Type J Line Decker Racing Engines in your search bar and go see what Jason's got going on. And I can tell you this, that small block 20 car of Rick Lawbach at Georgetown up against the big blocks. Woo wee. Holland S. On to our breaking news items. And holy crap, there is a lot. And of course, Grandview Speedway, once again, broke the internet for the second time in a matter of months. And this time, I think it's what everybody wanted to hear. Grandview Speedway will be open in 2023. There are no definitive dates yet, with the exception of Thunder on the Hill. Speed Week show was given a date, but only time will tell and we'll see what the schedule shows. I'm looking forward to it. I think everybody else is as well. 60 years of history. I grew up there. I still grew up there. It's a place where family comes together. And it feels like some of the norm. And also along the same lines, at Eastern States Weekend, we heard the news from Jeremy Corcoran. And then again, from Chris Larson, there will be racing at the House of Power. Orange County Fair Speedway in 2023 as well. So we can all take a deep breath. Two of our staples in the Northeast will be around next year. On to other news. And let me tell you, silly season is not a joke. It is not just a NASCAR thing. This is getting crazy, especially in the late model side of things. As we already know, there's been changes and moves for next year. Now USAC, C.J. Leary will pursue the 2023 USAC Amsoil National Championship next year, but in a new ride. C.J. and BGE Dockerty team have teamed up for the full-time sprint ride in 2023. He will be teammates with Carson Garrett and will sport the red and black machine while Carson will continue to sport the red and white one. This, I believe, is the same ride in which we have seen KTJ as of late run. Picked up a few wins uh, not too long ago in that ride. Well, this will now be CJ's ride for next year. I think this is a, a good move for CJ. I really do. If KT can hop in this ride, pick up some wins midseason, Didn't have a ton of laps on the thing. I think CJ for a full time year is going to take this thing to new heights and potentially run for the title next year. So, congratulations to all parties involved. Back to the late model side of things Devin Moran has been announced as the new driver at Double Down Motorsports. Yes, that is the ride in which we've seen Hudson O'Neill in over the past few years. As we know, Hudson is leaving at the end of the year and will be jumping into the Rocket House car. Devin will now be the new driver and the number will change tentatively. This could change again, but right now it's scheduled to be the 99, which is an homage to Devin's dad, Donnie, the million dollar man. The team is also going to be relocating from Tennessee up to Ohio and utilizing Donnie Moran's shop. So congratulations once again to everybody involved. This will be a really cool thing to see the 99 back out there. Of course, we know there is other 99s, but this uh, 99 with the Moran on the roof is going to be pretty cool. Brandon Shepard and Riggs Motorsports will team up through 2025. As we know, Brandon is leaving the Rocket House car. Riggs Motorsports and Tanner English have split. Well, now, Brandon Shepard and Riggs Motorsports are going to combine efforts. This will be a newly formed partnership that will feature a four-car stable. The newly formed SRR has committed to running the B5 of Brandon Shepard full-time in a national touring series during the 2023 season but we'll wait to make a decision on which exact series that will be after the Florida Speed Weeks are done. So Brandon ended up being the point leader with Lucas Oil after Speed Weeks and bagged the World of Outlaws to go run Lucas Oil. So now I'm wondering what happens if Brandon happens to be the point leader in World of Outlaws and Lucas Oil after Speed Weeks are over? We'll see. We'll see what's going to happen. Meanwhile, fellow drivers Steve Shepard Jr., Brandon's dad, who runs the 5S, Jason Riggs, who runs the 81, and Jack Riggs, who will be running the 81J, will compete on a more limited schedule throughout the joint venture. Exciting things going on, people, and it's not even 2023 yet. New York track Glen Ridge Motorsports Park will host 358 Dirt Car Modifieds as part of their weekly program next year. Yes, I do not cover a lot of events from Glen Ridge Motorsports Park. However, if they're going to 358 Dirt Car Modifieds, you can bet your sweet ass they will be part of the weekly rundown for 2023. Pennsboro Speedway in West Virginia is going to be revived coming in 2024. The historic West Virginia track will be brought back to life by the XR events team, similar to what happened at North Wilkesboro. That's all the information we have at this point, so stay tuned on this one. More to come. Hunt the Front news. So I'm sure a lot of you who check out YouTube and follow some pages, Hunt the Front, very popular late model adventure going on down south. They're out of Florida. They race a lot down south. But Joseph Joyner, the main driver of the stable, has been running um, Eldora stops and some of the bigger events. Well, they posted an interesting situation that came up over the past few weeks. Going back to 2021. Yes, uh, many moons ago for some of us. On July 3rd of last year, Joseph finished second at Sonoy Raceway in a 4,000-to-win Ultimate Super Late Model Series event. Well, more than 15 months later, they were informed that Joseph had been declared the winner of the event. The apparent winner's tire sample failed a lab test the week after the event. Again, 15 months ago. Well, for some reason, the series never announced the disqualification, nor did they ever inform Joseph he was declared the race's winner. And this was taken from their Facebook post. And I quote We knew nothing about it until Saturday when we received a check in the mail from the series for the $2,000 difference between first and second place payout. After calling the series director, we were informed of the apparent winner's failed tire sample, and we were told that Joseph had been the official winner since the week following the event. The director claimed that a check had been mailed to us then, but We never received nor deposited that check. Eventually, the series assumed it was lost in the mail and sent us a replacement last week. While we happily accept the difference in pay, as well as credit for the win, the fact remains that we have crossed the finish line in the runner-up spot six times at Sonoy Raceway and have yet to cross it first and stand in victory lane. We're going to do our best to change that next month at the Peach State Classic, end quote. Wow. You know, coming from my side of things, in my position, I'm going to tell them face-to-face. I can't imagine, or call them if you don't see them every week, call them. FaceTime, we have a lot of ways to do that nowadays. I wouldn't just blindly mail a check to someone without notifying them, hey, there's going to be two grand common. Let me know that you get it or send it certified where they have to sign for it. Common sense things come up in this, a lot of them, that were completely missed. Also, if you don't see that the check has been deposited or cashed and your banking information is not reflecting that, after about two weeks, I'd be concerned and pick up the phone. I wouldn't let it go for 15 months and then just send them another one again without letting them know you're doing it. If I'm going to send my mother two grand, I'm going to tell her I'm doing it. In today's world, who knows what happens to some of our mail? I know I have missing bills. I'm sure all of you have had that happen to you as well. Well, a $2,000 check, what happens if that does get snagged by someone and they open it, they forge it, they cash it? Then what? So the way this looks, someone else could have cashed that check a year and a half ago and nobody would have known. This is a very strange situation. Or at least someone dropped the ball big time. But I will say I do appreciate Joseph and Hunt the Front here on this one. And stating that regardless They haven't stood in victory lane. I like that. I mean, I guess you don't turn down a win or the money you're going to get with it, but to still strive to do it legitimately, I appreciate that. But yes, very odd situation. In another odd situation, and this one unfortunately did not turn out well, Tri-City Raceway out in Illinois hosted an event And a track worker was unfortunately involved in a freak accident last week. Gentleman was out on the grader at some point, must have exited the grader and was standing nearby. The grader went into gear and proceeded to run him over. The situation was so bad, and I'm not going to go into grave details here. I'm sure if you want to find it on Facebook or social media you'll find a way to do it but I'm not going to read all of it but this was so bad that the doctors found tractor marks on his face are going out to this gentleman the track his family everyone involved this is scary and freaky a lot of people that work at facilities across the country probably aren't taking the best safety measures same with race car drivers and teams and Dirt track racing is a very tongue-in-cheek kind of thing. And this is not NASCAR. This is not NHRA. There's there's probably a lot of, I mean, we've seen some race cars flip and do wild things. And it is very risky out there. I mean, us as fans, how many of you have been hit with a giant rock at some point? Um, or, or seen sheet metal go flying. I, I mean, I've seen wheel covers go flying over the grandstands. There's a lot of risk involved that everyone that plays a part in dirt track racing, like I said, it is very tongue in cheek in the safety regard of things, and it's assumed but not necessarily always prevented. Could this have been prevented? I don't know what the circumstances go on in this, but wow, 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 wow. On to other news, Maria Kofer, the midget driver that does partake in USAC events throughout the season, Chili Bowl. Power Eye, all that are involved there, just up and retired from racing at the snap of a finger. She put out a press release, stated that her long-term health is her number one priority and continuing her racing career would get in the way of said priority. We here at the 4 Wide Slew Podcast wish her well in whatever comes next in her adventures in life. But it was very odd I don't believe that there was an accident where she injured herself, but I'm thinking something caused this. I don't think this was, I woke up one day and just retired. I think something happened here to uh, spark the retirement, but it is what it is. And it was great having you out in the track and getting to watch you compete, but best of luck in what comes next. And last but not least, Sheldon Haudenshield Shield has teamed up with Jack Lee Racing for the 2023 Grand Annual Sprint Car Classic down in Australia. And to all of the morons on Facebook that were commenting, what happened to the Stenhouse Marshall ride? I thought you drove the 17. You guys need to read the post, do your due diligence, and read the whole thing. This is for the speed weeks that go on in Australia in the off season. Very rarely do you see a outlaw or all-star driver take their own ride to Australia. Well, because that's probably a bitch and a half to transport to another country over the Pacific Ocean. So a lot of them will team up with people that have cars in Australia. So No, he's not out of the 17, but that's that. Let's get on to our results and get ready for this because there is a lot going back to Thursday, October 20th. Yes, over a week and a half ago, as I was on vacation, so you're going to have to deal with it. KKM give back classic Port City Raceway in Oklahoma opening night. These are 600 non-wing outlaw sprints. Steven Snyder Jr. picking up the victory in one of the prelim nights over Jason Persley and Frank Flood. On to Friday, KKM Give Back Classic. Once again, Port City Raceway in Oklahoma. Prelim night number two, Kyle Spence picking up the victory over TJ Smith and Chris Carroll. Also Friday, October 21st, Short Track Super Series North Region event. Kicking off Eastern States Weekend, Hard Clay Finale, Orange County Fair Speedway, 10,000 to win. Victory going to Anthony Prego, Matt Shepard, Mark Johnson, Matt Williamson, and Mike Mahaney rounding out your top five. Also at Orange County on Friday, once again, Eastern States Weekend kickoff, big block time trials. Top six would lock themselves into the race for the pole. Tyler Dipple set quick time. Over Matt Williamson, Jimmy Phelps, Matt Shepard, Dylan Stoyer, and Peter Britton, Matt Williamson would go on to win the race for the pole. And also on the card was the past champions race for five thousand to win. And congratulations to our Lucas Oil Late Model champion Tim McCready. picking up the victory in the historic Petruska sixty-six ride. And that was all for Jared Petruska, and that was a sweet. Victory Lane interview to listen to. Also taking place Friday night, World of All-8 models, Humboldt Speedway in Kansas, 10,000 to win. Chase Younghands picking up the win over Dennis Erb Jr. And Max Blair rounding out your podium. U.S. 13 Delaware State Track Championships. Night number one, small block modified victory going to Ryan Godown. And 602 Crete Sportsman victory to Joe Toth. Outlaw Speedway hosted the Dutch Hogue Memorial Weekend. Night number one featured double features for the Patriots Sprint Tour. Derek Locke picking up the win over Pauly Cola Giovanni and Davy Franick in feature number one. And feature number two, Paulicola Giovanni picking up the win over Jonathan Preston and Joe Trenka. Davy Franick was named your Patriot Sprint Tour Champion. Bedford also hosted night number one of the Keystone Cup. Late models, feature number one going to Jeff Ryan, and feature number two to Matt Cosner. On to Saturday, World of Outlaws Sprints, 75th Annual Champion Racing Oil National Open. Williams Grove Speedway, $75,000 to win. I don't care how old they say he is. Lance DeWeese is your winner, and much, much richer. Picking up the victory over Brent Marks and Anthony Macri, another posse podium sweep in Pennsylvania. This was a good year for the posse up against the Outlaws. USAC Silver Crown and Midgets Open Wheel Championship Saturday, Lucas Oil Indianapolis Raceway Park, Five thousand to win for the midgets. Ten thousand to win for Silver Crown. Midgets was just a special event. This is not an implication on their championship standings. Bobby Santos was your winner over Kyle O'Gara and Tanner Swanson. Silver Crown, however, this was the finale for Silver Crown for the year. Tanner Swanson, your winner over C.J. Leary and Tyler Roig, and Cody Swanson named your 2022 Silver Crown champion. World of Outlaw Late Models, 81 Speedway in Kansas, 10,000 to win. Brandon Shepard picking up the win over Billy Moyer Sr. and Dennis Herb Jr. rounding out your top three. Ultimate Super Late Models Series, the Fall Brawl, Cherokee Speedway, 10,000 to win. Brandon Overton took the checkered, but then was disqualified for the droop roll, which gave the win to Ross Bales over Clay Knight and Trent Ivy, Zach Mitchell was named the ultimate super late model series 2022 champion worth a cool 25000 KKM give back classic port city raceway in Oklahoma. Non-wing outlaws, 600 sprints, 15,000 up for grabs in cash, or you can take half of that and also Secure yourself a KKM midget ride at the Chili Bowl. Our PA Northeast guys do really well at these givebacks. Kyle Spence, your winner, over Frank Flood and Kana McIntosh running out in your podium. They ask Kyle the golden question in victory lane. What is he going to do with his decision on the winnings? Wait till January. And you'll see Kyle Spence in a KKM midget. He took the $7,500 check and he took the ride. Congratulations to On the Fence Spence. Awesome job to all of our Northeast guys out at Port City. Orange County, Eastern States weekend, small block race paying 20 grand to win. Peter Britton picking up the win over Mark Johnson, Matt Shepard, Mike Mahaney, and Stuart Friesen. And what a finish it was. Shepard, your leader, late in this one, gets locked up with lot traffic, and not only loses the lead, but loses second all at the same time. So congratulations to Peter Britton on a big, big win. 602 Crate Sportsman also ran their portion of Eastern State's weekend. 5,000 to win for the crates. Brian Crummel, your winner, over Dom Roselli. And Zach Sabaka rounding out your podium. New Egypt Speedway Legends of the Fall, 75. Danny Buck picking up the win. 602 Crate Sportsman win going to Dan Fleming. U.S. 13 Delaware State Track Championships. Big Block Modified victory going to Jordan Watson. Super Late Model win to Trevor Collins. And Rush Late Model win to Joe Warren. Bedford Keystone Cup 22,000 to win super late model show. Jeff Brine picking up the win over Matt Cosner and Greg Satterley running out your podium. That was from a week ago. Let's get to last week. Kicking off with Sunday, Orange County, Eastern States 200, 40,000 to win. Matt Shepard of Picking up the win over Stuart Friesen, Jimmy Phelps, Peter Britton, and Dylan Stoyer running out the top five. Heartbreak City, as we like to say, for Stuart Friesen. Six laps to go. Hits the inside barrier with his left front. Tire comes off the wheel, which allowed Shepard to get by him and pick up the win. Ouch. Ouch. World about all eight models, U.S. 36 Raceway in Missouri, 10,000 to win. Mike Marler, your winner over Chase Younghands and Tyler Bruning. Fast forward to last Thursday, Georgetown Speedway Camp Barnes Benefit Race, 5,500 to win for the Modifieds, along with a super late model feature as well. Danny Buck, your winner over Jeff Strunk and Matt Stangle, running out your top three. Super late model win going to Ross Robinson. 602 create Sportsman win going to Ryan Godown Jr. And Rush late model win to Trevor Collins. On to Friday. Short Track Super Series South Region Mid-Atlantic Championship Weekend Kickoff. Small Block Modifieds along with... Big block qualifiers and super late model qualifiers. Five thousand to win for the small block modifieds. So we'll kick off with the small blocks. Danny Buck, your winner over Jeff Strunk and Jordan Watson. Then we get on to our big block modified qualifiers. Qualifier number one going to Anthony Perego. Qualifier number two to Matt Shepard, and qualifier number three to Stuart Friesen. I need to comment. On an unfortunate situation that occurred in qualifier number three, there was a wreck on the front stretch involving H.J. Bunning, Billy Pouch Jr., Mike Troutschold were the ones that stopped on the front stretch and those cars were tore up bad. H.J. Broken ribs, Billy fractured vertebrae. You know, racing comes with we just talked about it with the the gentleman from Illinois that got run over by the grader. There's a lot of risk. There's a lot of risk involved in racing. When you have 12 cars out there going as fast as they go at Georgetown, things are so unpredictable. Your car can get a bad push. You can hit a rut. You can lock up your steering. Your car can shut off. There's so many things that can happen that will cause incidental contact with someone. It is a split-second event. These guys are turning lap times that are probably around I don't know 15 seconds somewhere in there, maybe faster. It's split-second decisions. And if your car jerks from out from underneath you for any reason, your brain's going to react probably faster than your hands will. I'm not saying that's what happened here, I'm just making a point of reference. Don't ever think that someone is intentionally wrecking someone. It's rude. I don't care if you're a casual fan who doesn't know anybody that's out on that track or anybody that's in those pits or anybody related to them or anything in between. This is not, we're not talking Bubba Wallace driving into Kyle Larson across the track. We're not talking about that. We are talking about close quarters racing. It is you blink and something can happen. Sneeze, find out what happens when your eyes go closed. A lot of things can happen, and yes, shit happens. Yes, race cars get tore up, not intentionally, and I'm going to leave it at that. Super late model qualifiers, wins going to Mark Pettyjohn and Amanda Robinson. Lucas Oil ASCS, 50000 to win National Tour Championship weekend. The Fall Fling Creek County Speedway in Oklahoma. Unfortunately, it did get rained out after qualifying. USAC Sprints, Kokopah Speedway in Arizona. God, I love that name. Emerson Aksum, your winner over Jake Swanson and Matt Westfall. Extreme Outlaw Sprints, Texas Non-Wing Nationals, night number one, Devils Bowl Speedway in Texas. Unfortunately, this was rained out earlier in the week, the whole weekend awash. This was supposed to be the championship weekend for the outlaw sprints. They were looking to rebook this at another date. As of today, unfortunately, they did not find that date. So the season is over. The inaugural season is over for the extreme outlaw sprints. And Shane Cockrum is your inaugural extreme outlaw sprint champion. On to Saturday, we're gonna go right back to Georgetown. Short track super series South Region. Also Friday night, Bridgeport Speedway, night number one of Sprint Toberfest. They hosted four tens at URC and a non-sanctioned USAC East Coast non winners race. Those wins went to Davey Franick in the 410s, Joe Cotta with URC, Kenny Miller the third in the non-sanctioned USAC event. And also a full feature for the Northeast Wingless Sprints with Eric Jennings, your winner. Five Mile Point, night number one of National Quarter Mile Dirt Track Championship weekend. The final weekend for Five Mile Point. 602 Crate Sportsman. Remembering Gary Allen Great Crate Race win going to Seth Zacharias. On to Saturday, Georgetown Speedway Short Track Super Series South Region, also an Elite Series event. $25,000 to win for the Modifieds, $7,000 to win for the Super Late Models, and $1,000 to win for the 602 Great Sportsman. Matt Williamson, your winner over Matt Shepard, Stuart Friesen, Ryan Godown. And Mad Max McLaughlin running out your top five. And as you'll find out later on in this episode, congrats to Matt Williamson for proving myself and Kenny Bruce a big fat liar. But it's what happens when you make predictions. 602 creates Sportsman win going to Logan Watt. Boy is on fire. And Super Late Model victory going to the dork from York, Rick Eckert. Lucas Oil ASCS once again, night number two of the National Tour Championship Weekend, the Fall Fling Creek County Speedway in Oklahoma. Jason Martin, your winner, over Hank Davis and Blake Hahn, rounding out your podium, which did lock up the point title for Blake Hahn, naming him the 2022 Lucas Oil ASCS champion. USAC Sprint, night number two at Coquipa Speedway in Arizona. Jake Swanson picking up qualifying Picking up the heat race win and the feature win all in one night, getting it done over C.J. Leary and Emerson Axum who round out the podium. On to our local events from last Saturday: Bridgeport Speedway Sprinttoberfest, four ten feature paying five thousand to win. Also, URC fifteen lap qualifiers, USAC East Coast twenty lap qualifiers, which would then set up Sunday. 410 feature win going to Corey Eliason over Justin Peck and Geo Selzy. URC qualifier number one going to Briggs Danner. Qualifier number two to Jordan Thomas. USAC East Coast qualifier number one going to Briggs Danner. And USAC East Coast qualifier number two to Austin Grady. And also Northeast Wingless Sprints feature on the card once again. Eric Jennings, also your winner once again. Boy, it was on fire with the wingless sprints. Accord, Halloween Havoc, and Joe G's The Great Crate Race, 5000 to win for the 602 crates. Tyler Johnston picking up the win. Five Mile Point, National Quarter Mile Dirt Track Championship Weekend, the final night at Five Mile Point, modified Southern Tier 72 lap feature, paying $7,680 to win. Victory going to Justin Holland over Dave Marchicelli and Bobby Hackle, the fourth, rounding out your podium. 602 Crate Sportsman victory going to Seth Zacharias. That rolls us right into yesterday. Bridgeport Speedway, Sprint Oberfest, 15,000 to win for the 410s. And URC and USAC East Coast also running their features. All divisions running 40 laps. So we'll call it the Triple 40s. 410 feature victory going to Gio Selzy over Kyle Reinhardt and Lance DeWeese. All after when they came into their open red situation to fuel up, both Corey Eliasson, who was the leader, and Justin Peck, who was running second at the time, both broke at the same time, which gave the lead over to Gio and he held on. URC Feature going to Devin Borden over Anthony Macri and Dallas Shot, And USAC East Coast feature going to Briggs Danner over Alex Bright and Joey Amantia running out your podium. And well-wish recovery to Bobby Butler, who was running with the top dogs late in that one and ended up junk in the car on the top side of one and two. And he also has a fractured vertebrae. Those are your results from the last 2 weeks I'm out of breath but we're going to keep going on to our upcoming events big week and weekend coming up for the big touring series yes world finals is here wednesday world of Outlaws sprints and world of all eight models will run both for 15,000 to win and yes we're talking about the dirt track at charlotte Thursday, World of Outlaw late models will run for 15000 to win, and Super Dirt Car Series will run for 10000 Friday, World of Outlaw Sprints will run for 15000 and Super Dirt Car Series will run for ten. Then on to Saturday, World of Outlaw Sprints and late models will run for 25000 to win each, and Super Dirt Car Series will run for 15000 And we will have all of our points decided. Dennis Erb Jr. has already been named a World of Outlaw Late Model Point champion. David Gravel has a chance to catch Brad Sweet this week. Super Dirt Car Series. I think mathematically Matt Shepard has to show up, but he pretty much has it all wrapped up. Huge battle, though, going on second, third, fourth and fifth, I believe. So there's a lot of things still to be decided. See who shows up too. also going on down in North Carolina this week. We have the Dia Edge Carolina Micro Showdown presented by Driven Midwest. That is the big micro event at Millbridge. They will be running prelim nights going to be Tuesday. And then feature nights will be Wednesday. And Millbridge, I believe it is on Dirt Vision of Court Law World Finals will also be on Dirt Vision for all of those nights. USAC Sprints, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Oval Nationals, Paris Auto Speedway in California, with the finale on Saturday paying $15,000 to win. That will be on Flow Racing. And then Bridgeport, Saturday, High Banks Classic, URC Sprint Cars, and Topless 602 Great Sportsmen, And then Sunday, the postponed Danny Serrano 100 for the Modifieds, $20,000 to win up for grabs if it is won by someone other than Ryan Godown. 602 Create Sportsman will also run the All-American 40 for 4000 to win. That will be on Flow Racing as well. There are your upcoming events. Those were your results. That was all of your breaking news. As always, thank you to all of our followers and subscribers. Like and share the podcast on Facebook and Twitter. Smash the five-star rating button on all your podcast platforms. And of course, big thank you to Kenny Bruce and Bill Brown company for the support. We're on to our episode. I brought in my modified analyst, Kenny Bruce, to discuss the holy shit year of Matt Shepard we've witnessed. And like I previously stated, yeah, we did predict him to win at Georgetown and we were wrong. We were wrong. I'll admit it. But that's what it's all about. Someone stepped up to the plate. Now we'll see what happens the rest of the year, and then we'll see what happens next year. But we dive into this amazing year that Shepard has had, and he has won unimaginable money this year in modified racing. Modifieds are the ugly stepsister to the sprints and late models when it comes to big paying races, which, yes, Brett Deo is helping change that. World Racing Group does their fair share as well with big races, Orange County does too. But it's been his year, and, and we kind of pick it apart a little bit. So I hope you guys uh, dig this episode a little bit different than normal. And then we'll be back next weekend. I do not believe I'm going to have this episode for you for Sunday. Maybe. We'll see. Depends if I get my ass up early enough and give you everything before I had to Bridgeport. If not, it'll be next Monday, just like this week. But until next time enjoy the show bill brown and company located in hamilton new jersey has been in the printing and promotional products business since 1946. current owner and proud dirt track supporter ken bruce has been with the company since 1987 and has continued to deliver the customer service that bill brown and company has delivered since the beginning kenny supports dirt track racing through the sponsorship of the number 11 modified Driven by Danny Heber, along with sponsorship of bonuses of Big Diamond Speedway and the Short Track Super Series, and is proud to be a sponsor of the 4 Wide Salute Podcast. You can reach Bill Brown and Company at 609-586-1408 or by email at kbruce at billbrowninc.com. You can also check out the promotional products on the website at www.billbrowninc.com. On this week's episode of the 4 Wide Sloop Podcast, I have one of my buddies on the show, Kenny Bruce, and we're talking everything Matt Shepard. As we know, Matt won two big races at Oswego, then picked up the win at Port Royal in fashion, and now just recently, in another form of fashion, picked up a win at Orange County on Sunday. So, Kenny, I have to ask the, the big question here is, have we seen anything quite like this? Uh, no.
1: <laughs> be honest with you, no. Um, there have been guys that have won this many races in a year. Never, well, I did some research today, and there's never been anybody that has won this much money in mo- racing modifies in a single season. It's unbelievable.
0: No, it, it's, you know, I've been looking at the stats, of course. I'm sure you have, too, and, um... I feel like 41 wins or whatever it may be, 41, 42, depending on who you talk to, I guess. That's a lot over 90 some races that he's attempted. I mean, that's a hell in the NBA. If you had a three point percentage like that, you were great. Um, And he has it in a winning fashion. But I feel like. So, you know, I always hear the stories of back back in the day, you know, Kenny Brightbill won a shit ton of races in a year. Dick Tobias did the same thing. You had your standout guys that were, I mean, Larson did it the other year, running anything under the sun. But the difference, Shepard only runs one division. He doesn't hop into a late money He doesn't hop into a sprint car. He very rarely runs a dirt car 358, for what I can tell. It's a lot of the open stuff and the big block stuff. And he just seems to be able to knock off anything, really. It's almost like he has a choice if he wants to win or not.
1: Yeah, it, it does. It doesn't matter which track he goes to. It doesn't matter if it's on American Racers. It doesn't matter if it's on Hoosiers. It doesn't matter if it's a big block, open, small block, whatever. It, it seems like he knows which car to pick for which track. And the kind of engine combination to go with, and if he's not winning, he's in the top three. It's just, it's just uncanny how the, how he's done this year.
0: Yeah, I mean, his top five numbers are absurd in, in comparison to starts. I mean, from what I can tell, seventy four top fives and ninety five starts. That's insane, and it's not okay. We've seen it done before, where it's big fish, little pond. We've seen it a million times. It's played out that way. Someone's just dominated. And I'm not picking on anyone in particular here. But, for instance, let's look at Craig Vondor and a Granby this past year. 12 wins. But in comparison, let's be honest. How many of those guys on a every week basis have a legitimate chance to beat him? There's very few. And no, there's sure, yeah. it's no knock on anyone else. It's just... No. It, no. It's just... What's presented? I mean, it's just how it is. It's a weekly show. It's the same thing in sprint cars. Little Freddy won the title at Lincoln. Look at the rest of the field that competes every week. It's not necessarily fair in some some ways. Now, Shepard, yes, he did win, what, 12 times at Utica this year. But there's also a lot of really great cars and guys who have titles elsewhere, guys who have won on the super dirt tour guys who have won super dirt week for fuck's sake. I mean, and then he's winning multiple times on the super dirt tour. He's winning multiple on the short track super series tour and he's beating the best of the best every time. It's not like he's going to, you know, podunk speedway that has 15 modifieds on a random Friday and kicking their teeth in, he's doing it against great competition.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, at Unica Road, you got Andy McKinney. He's won many title in Lebanon Valley. He's a two- or three-time Short Track Super Series uh, champion. Mm -hmm. Uh, Alex Jankowski an up coming driver. Rocky Warner, Billy Decker, and, you know, them guys, they're all champions, and he just kicks their ass every week. It doesn't even look fair. I mean, no. He starts 12, 12th to 15th every week, and usually by the time they reach halfway, he's got a two, sec- two or three second lead already.
0: Removable. Right. unbelievable. It is. It's absolutely insane. And again, to your point, he's doing it everywhere. It doesn't matter what tires he's on, if it's with sail panels, without sail panels. Is it an open small block? Is it a big block? It seems like he just has this shit figured out. Now, of course, the big comparison is always Stu. Well, there's a big difference there. Of course, we know Stu has Chris Larson and the Hallmark squad behind him. He has a very great setup with how his team operates. We saw it Saturday at Biddletown. He flew up from Miami, barely made the show to be able to go out. Obviously, he's not setting up that car. He's not doing all that work. Shepard is more of a hands-on guy. Yes, he has the Hurlock Auto and Speed team behind him financially, which is big. How big, we don't know. I doubt the pockets are as deep as Chris Larson's are. I don't think anyone's pockets in racing are as deep as Chris Larson's. But it, there's a big, different approach to how those two end up on the track at the same time. They're two completely different paths. But it, it's just... How he does it almost every time is ridiculous.
1: It is. And, it, you know, Matt eats, sleeps, and breathes modified race cars. Yes. And, you know, he, he gets up. That's his job. He works on his race cars. And you look at his, like you say, his top fives are you know, almost 90% top fives. And he very rarely ever drops out of a race the things just very rarely break on his cars. His mate from what I understand his maintenance engine maintenance program is second to none. Um, and it's just maintenance maintenance program in general are just you know unbelievable. He goes over every inch of them cars meticulously all the time and you you can that you can tell by the results that, you know, he just puts everything into it.
0: Yeah. And I mean I look at to his motor program, you know, not a lot of guys run the NCC motors and there he is racking up all these wins with them. And then even when he had to go to using the motor he got off of Ronnie Johnson, that Kevlar still looks stout. It there is no real difference in between of how they both panned out in the end either.
1: No, not at all. <laughs> hey, everybody called the new CC from understanding that Chuck C is gonna retire. So um yeah, he's not doing as many moves as he used to. But uh yeah, Matt you know, he buys a Kevlar off off Ronnie Johnson and puts it in the car and the same result. So yeah, he's got something going on, that's for sure.
0: Yeah, I mean and and even in so let let's take just Port Royal and even this past weekend at Orange County into consideration. Port Royal, he cut a tire down, they're in there messing around with the shocks. And I'll be completely honest, you know, we did a pick and pull for starting positions before the feature. So we all knew what starting spots we had. Well, my buddy Quillman, of course, in two pulls, manages to draw 11 in both of them. He had Shepard in both pulls. When Shepard got that flat and had to go in, and they were messing around with the shocks and everything. Legit, the whole row of us stood up and pointed at Coleman and were like, ha ha, you're screwed because <laughs> I'm pretty sure he was already spending his money. I would have been, too, if I would have drew 11. And then here it just slowly happens. OK, picking off a couple of guys. Yellow comes out a couple more. Yellow comes out and it's like, what the hell's happening? And then <laughs> we all know Shepard's not if, if you're going to say, OK, is Stuart Shepard going to run the top and blow the fence down? Yeah, we're putting the odds on the 44, not the 9. Right. Shepard, exactly. he has so many characteristics of Hearn, it's not even funny. It's that, I'd rather beat you with my ability than my power kind of situation. And yeah. there he is, blowing the fence down in 1 and 2. And I mean, holy shit, blowing the fence down. And that's where he ended up winning the race. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you
1: know, even that said, you know, you I had to go where he wasn't, so... And uh, he was getting such a launch off of turn two. It was mm-hmm. unbelievable. It was almost like somebody was underneath the car and just launching it, coming yep. off of two. Yep. That's, it was like the yeah, well, Like Macri. Like Macri runs that race, you know, that track. And, you know, he's he stunned Stu. Stu. Well, Stu said he, he knew he, he was in trouble because uh, he couldn't run up top there and block Mac because his tires were, weren't as good. But it just... I never saw Stu so despondent in the Victory Lane as I saw him that night. It was—I felt. I actually felt bad for <laughs> him.
0: Yeah, it was. It was terrible. Well, it, and let's be honest, it—it it is that kind of adage that I think he did get beat at his own game. Where yeah. you know, if you you brought up Macri, if Macri were to be leading, you know, the Tusky at port running the bottom, and next thing you know, he gets passed by Lance, who's running the top. Yeah, it's kind of the same scenario there. We got caught with your pants down and like whoever saw that coming. Nobody saw that coming. But you're right. He was getting such a launch off the of turn too, which credit the Port Royal. That just shows you right there how amazing that facility is. A lot of tracks. You can't really send a modified up to the top like that and expect to make ground. It's just it doesn't yeah. happen in modified racing. It, it's just that's just not what we're used to. And he was doing amazing things off the top. And of course, you know, I said it all played out exactly how you how you would want that movie to play out where here comes your ending and it's spectacular. But, you know, and then you go to Orange County this past weekend and I think Matt got caught with his pants down twice in two days. And then here we are on Sunday and everything just falls his way yeah it sure did i i went after he
1: got that his Herculean interview and everything and uh you know I, I, I had to do my interview for dirt track digest and he he saw me and he comes me he goes yeah I, I don't know how it's going he says I, I don't know how i did it it's just i can't explain what's going on but he was i hope it doesn't stop but uh he goes I, I definitely got one today i shouldn't have but uh you know like everything you know things just went falling into his lap I shouldn't say falling into his lap because he earns him, but um, you know Stewie getting a flat tire. He wasn't going to beat Stew, and he knew that, and he was relegated to finishing second. And then, lo and behold, Stew was underneath the lap car, Kyle Armstrong, and he pinches the wall, gets a left front flat. And some tracks you can get away with that, not in Orange County because it's pretty flat, and that really affects your steering going into the corners. And he just he just couldn't keep it where he needed to be, and got loose and. Matt just went around them and then see you later.
0: Yeah, yeah, you're exactly right. And I I remember was it three years ago now? It might have been in 2019 was the last time I heard it where Orange County was the track that Matt couldn't conquer. He hadn't won in Eastern States at this point. I'm not sure that he had a super dirt win there. It was just it was that kryptonite to, to Superman, right? And now. Yeah. He goes in there the last two years, they've been running the favorable format for guys who don't want to run their full time necessarily. And that's just the way yeah. they're, that's the way they're doing it. And I mean, he probably should have won the title last year. Um, but Prego was there at the right time when he needed to be. But this year, there was no one ever going to catch him. He just figured that track out, and now I don't know besides Utica Rome that I would put my bet up against Matt anywhere else but Orange County.
1: Right, and like you said about, I think it was up to like four years ago, he had never won in Orange County. Now he's got
0: close to 30 wins there in the last four years. So, and And they're not running full-time. That's the funny part about it.
1: So it's not like they're
0: running 32 weeks out of the year that he can rack up that many. No, I think this year it might have been 12 or 13 they ran. And yeah, Yeah. he's got that many wins since then. It's unfathomable that that's what's happening. But then I look at the to the touring part of this whole thing is he can legit go in anywhere tracks that he may not have a ton of laps at or hasn't in recent time and just looks sharp. So either he's really good at doing his homework or they just have some type of setup that probably works at a lot of places or they compare it to other tracks. But looking at his finishes with the, with just short track super series, even when he's not winning, he's in the top five.
1: Oh, yeah. Every every race. It's, it's just, I don't know. It, it's hard to explain. Um, I've never seen a year like this with a driver. And uh, he, he just never breaks. And he's always there. And you know, he's told me, that, you know, they go to a new track, they, they take a baseline setup. And then they go from there. And it's, it works. I don't know what else to tell you. It just, he's, he's very smart. And he's got Randy Kasaki. And Randy Kasaki's very smart when it comes to shocks and springs and everything. So the two little minds put together, it's just, it, you know, it's just better than everyone else right now.
0: Yeah. I mean, and I want to bring up to Oswego. So, you know, you were up there for the 200 and I was adamantly watching that on a big screen in a beanbag chair and, you know, Williamson and Matt put on a hell of a battle for the first part of that. And then the pit stop happened. And I don't know if Williamson just lost something when they cycled through that pit stop or Matt did something completely different. But Shepard came right back up through. Williamson was almost a lap down at one point. And there's Mark Johnson leading. I'm thinking, okay, I was rooting for Mark Johnson. I'd love to see new winners, guys who just haven't gotten that chance. and. Shepard would get to him and then, okay, lap cars would get in the way. But the minute he was clear, he was right back up on Mark Johnson in a split of a second. And it was like, holy shit. He's doing things that you normally see guys do in a sprint car with how quickly you can lose your your gap. He was doing that at Oswego, where, let's be honest, there isn't a whole lot of room to play around.
1: No, not at all. And, uh, you know, a lot of them guys came in that first pit stop. The track was locked down and they figured, well, we're just going to get tired. We're just going to get fuel, get out front. And the idea says, I did get fuel, beat everyone out and then, you know, ride the bottom for the next, you know, hundred and laps or whatever it was. And then, uh, all of a sudden the track went from being one lane to being five lanes. And <laughs> Matt said, I saw one guy go by me on the outside. He goes, then I get, he goes, I knew I was in trouble. So, and, uh. The outside opened up, and these guys started racing, and, you know, Matt just played his race, and he just went in there, and went, 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 when he got his opportunities, he went for him, and at the end, he's in victory lane, holding a $50,000 check.
0: Yeah, to go with everything else he won for the weekend. Um, yes, yes. yeah, <laughs> Exactly, right? But I, I also think, too, you know, it wasn't until... I want to say probably four years ago, again, Matt wasn't doing the whole short track super series thing. I think he would do some of the north region stuff. Um, I think back when he was still running the 92, the Sweeteners Plus car, if I'm not mistaken. But he wasn't doing a whole lot of stuff um, south, you know, in our area. And now it's his damn job. But right. it didn't take long whatsoever to with the rules package that Brett has in place that allows guys to have different combinations of things for him to come down and ran his first time at Delaware, ran his first time at Georgetown, ran all these tracks that he probably hasn't seen or very rarely has seen, and he just picked it up real, real quick, and again, on American Racers, which I think Outlaw runs American Racers, so he had some time on American Racers, but oh, yeah. yep. not a ton. And this guy's got to take... And there's some guys that do it consistently now, but to be able to, to turn off your big block Hoosier mindset and turn on your 440 American Racer setup in your head and and kind of separate the two on a such a consistent basis because there's so many races going on now, it's almost like you have to be able to shuffle it really, really well. And he somehow figured out how to do that.
1: Yeah, he has for sure. And, uh, it sail panels without sail panels. It doesn't matter. He, he's still in the front. He's still fastest. If you, if you watch hot laps on those tracks, if you, you know, doing race monitor, or my race passing, you know, Matt's always one of the fastest in hot laps. And the sad part is he usually gets better by the end of the night. So He's, he's got something going on. He's got it all figured out. And, you know, he. it took him a while, and hold a it, it took him a while to get used to these coils and uh, the setups on them and everything. And uh, one thing Matt does is every year when he goes to Florida, he pretty much uses Florida as a test. He tries things down there. You notice he doesn't got a lot of wins down in Florida.
0: Mm-mm.
1: But uh, he does a lot of testing when he's there. And he puts it to good use. And usually when he gets up here, he's ready to go.
0: Yeah, and I think that's I mean, Florida doesn't necessarily pay a ton. It's not like there's a big 20 grand to win race down there. No. Um, it's not a super dirt point race. I don't think it is for Brett either, so you're not affecting no. your points deals. It's that's actually not a bad way to look at it. And I think comparably too, if you look at Volusia, it's a big half mile, really similar to a lot of what super dirt runs And with Brett going to Alltech or Bubba's the one-year, I think those are similar to the south region tracks, in a sense, too. Uh, You know, your New Egypt's like that. Your Bridgeport's kind of like that. So I think, realistically, those two places are really good places to test.
1: Yeah, they are. And, uh, you know, it's just a good opportunity for him to try things that you know, like you say, they don't pay the greatest. They pay good money. Don't get me wrong, but they don't but pay not, the They're not money.
0: elite series races that pay 25 right, exactly. million. Right, exactly.
1: Right. So you can afford to not get a win or finish fifth or sixth, you know, and get some information you can bring back north with you to when the big, big series races start taking place.
0: Yeah, you're exactly right. And I think how did Cherokee play out for him earlier in the year? I feel like was... I think he, what was he like, second or third when he got the flat late? I don't think he was leading, right. was he?
1: No, 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 because go down like pretty much the whole race. Okay, so
0: uh, yeah, he was in the top five when he got this flat. I believe right, and that's a rarity too. Like, You know, we we we've, we've mentioned already, um, and one person that reminds me a whole lot of is Brett Hearn and Craig Von Dorn. I know more about watching Von Dorn do it weekly. He somehow manages to sneak through. Any mess that's in front of him, he somehow, whether it's great tire management or not blowing the top where a lot of debris is, I don't know. He rarely ever cuts a tire, and that's the same thing with with Matt. And also, you, you know, we touched on the motor piece of it too. Um, there's some guys out there that just can't get out of the wrong way when it comes to the misfortunes of things. Um, and he's definitely not one of them. So it's not even a matter of, well, he's leading with five to go. Uh, maybe I'll cut a tire. Maybe something I'll break. Yeah, that doesn't really ever happen.
1: No, no not much. Not very much does that ever happen is correct. Uh, usually the mackets gets out front, uh, it's whole, he's been catching breaks where if something does happen, he gets a flat, and he gets them early enough you can drive back through the field.
0: Right. You're you're exactly right. Do you happen to know how many different tracks he's won at this year? No, I don't. I I want to say... I want to say... That Northeast Dirt Facts, I believe... They kept putting out to who had the most wins throughout the year, and it would list all the different tracks. And I think he was up to about, I want to say it was 16 tracks at one point in time. Um, real stupid number of um, different places he's won at, but and I'm kind of curious to this point now, what's the record? That's what I'm wondering out when it comes to different tracks that guys are scoring wins on. Now, of course, it modifies. I'm not talking sprint cars where they run... Sixty right. different tracks a year because that's just not fair. But between all the places that we have up here, I mean, he's got wins at Utica, Outlaw, Orange County, Land of Legends, Big Diamond. Fonda, Big Diamond, Georgetown, uh, Georgetown. Not sure if he won Delaware this year. And he hasn't won Bridgeport yet on the New Four Tens. I know that. No, no,
1: he has won Bridgeport,
0: right? Uh, let's see. Did he win New Egypt? Uh, hold on. I have the... Let's see. Port Royal. So there's eight. Um, Yes, he won New Egypt. That's nine. So we're at least up to nine. But then we have to play... Okay, he won at Weed Sport, too. So there's ten. As we go. That's eleven... Port Royal. We got Port Royal already, yep. So there's at oh, least okay. eleven, but did he win at places like Albany? Did he win at We won Albany?
1: We so did Albany. Now
0: we're at twelve. So right there we're at twelve. I mean, that's guys are begging for twelve wins a year, let alone twelve tracks a year. Yeah, that's uh a little obnoxious. <laughs> yeah, heard, heard, heard. I, I just I just pulled it up. He's won at Alltech,
1: Orange County, Outlaw, Utica, Land of Legends, Can-Am, New Egypt, Devils Bowl, Big Diamond, Georgetown, uh Burlington, Land of Legends. I said that uh, Fonda, Albany, Fulton at August.
0: seventeen. As
1: we go, yeah. So there's like seventeen different tracks shit. Yeah. So
0: Fulton seventeen. That's that's just insane. Yeah. And there again, too. Look at what just in the months of September and October, how much money he's racked up. All right. Well, so here I got, I got it all written down. Oh, please. Since September first, yes. These are just the
1: these are just the big races he's won. It's not including any regular 30 lap or anything, right? But he won won the Fonda 200, Mm -hmm. 53,000. Albany Super Dirt Series was 10,000. Bolton 200, 20,000. Super Dirt Week, 358, was 20. The Big Rock was 50. Port Oral was 50. Eastern State was 40. $244,000 just in them seven races.
0: Yeah, that's not counting any lap money. That's not counting any contingencies, uh, bonuses. And then let's – okay, so let's also add in he won the North Series for Brett. He's – 15000 Pretty much has the South Series wrapped up, right? No, uh, South Series is close. Okay, South Series – he's got a
1: – He's got a 19-point 19, 19 lead in the South Series over go-down.
0: Okay, okay, so he's got that. He's also leading the Elite he, Series. Yeah, he's got a bigger lead than that, and that's 25000 <laughs> Now, now what do we have coming up this weekend? So he'll be at the camp Born, Camp Barnes. That's another five, right? Right. And then we're running small blocks on Friday. So yeah, I don't think he's running the small block race. Okay, which I can believe. I
1: think he's just friendly block. Yeah,
0: uh, he. Uh, that's one thing he will do. He he won't necessarily run everything because no. well, let's pay attention to what what's the business at hand. Well, that's Saturday for another twenty five. Right. Oh, and then he's
1: won, he's won the Utica Rome for point total. That's I don't know, but I looked it up. And I couldn't find it. That's probably about ten thousand.
0: It's probably ten. And yeah. and the Super Dur Series, he's got that wrapped up, and that's sixty thousand. So and then uh, Orange Counties, that was thirty. That was that was thirty. Yeah, I didn't even count that one. So he's up to he's
1: up to over one hundred and sixty thousand dollars in point fund money.
0: So right now we're talking over half a million dollars, and that's only including the championships and since September first. That's not yeah. counting every, you know, six grand or seven thousand five hundred dollar win he had with Super Dirt, or any yeah. of the races with the Short Track Super Series, which those are at least five, if not more. I mean, he's won nine point races at Utica. They're twenty four hundred apiece. So right there's another twenty grand. Orange County's pay about five, five I mean, I pay at, least, at least, five. least four to five. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. He, He's 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 gonna be
1: close to about seven hundred thousand by the time it's all said and done.
0: And here's here's the when you add this all together, so I know there's a gentleman that posts the top money winners with late models. Sprint cars. And then right. spring yeah, cars, right? Cars. Yeah. So the late model one, of course, Davenport's excluded because he won a million dollar race, but there's only like five guys that have won more than what Shepard has.
1: Right. Right. Yeah, Timmy McCready... Timmy McCready talked about that in, uh, in the racing paper this week in an article. He was like, you know, Matt Shepard would be, like, in the top five of one v one late models or something.
0: Yeah, and we're talking that Lucas Oil runs eleven fifty grand or more to win races. Right. Like, we don't... Okay, yes, we do have two races that paid fifty or more. Well, for Short Track Super Series, then, of course, you have us, we go... And then you have, I'll count Orange County at 40. So there's four. And yes, Shepard didn't win them all. Um, but it's kind of unrealistic at this point of how much crap can you win? I i said it last week. He's got to be the odds-on favorite to win Georgetown. Oh, yeah, easy. He has to be. And it's not yeah. in anyone's betting favor either. Right. he's the one he's, got, to, he's we, the one to five odds you don't right. want to bet that
1: yeah we figured i figured out he's got like eight or nine more races this year to win if he want them all he'd get 50 wins do i think he's gonna win them all no he's not gonna win them all something's gonna happen or somebody's gonna start in the poll one day and he's, he's gonna get he's gonna to get
0: close order. he's he, gonna he might get 45 though he's gonna get close i i i don't doubt it whatsoever because what's he at now he's at He's a 42 now. 42. He's got two this weekend. And three at
1: Charlotte. So that's five. And I think there's four Louisiana. There are five. It might even be five. So Eight, nine, 10, 10, five. eleven,
0: twelve. There's potentially five. Yeah. But so. here's the thing. They're going to a new track where no one's been in Texas. Right. But as we know, his basic setup may be better than everyone else's. We don't know yet. Right. Oh, he may. I think what we're watching is we're watching the modified version of Aaron judge trying to catch Maris's record. I think now we're on watch for that. And I don't know comparably if anyone in modifieds has ever won more than that, because again, back in the day, how many races were there? Were there, you know, it's the Richard Petty thing where, Oh, well they raced every day of the week. Well, that doesn't count. So, Apples to oranges in that regard. I don't know that anyone's going to have this many. And the thing of it is, too, everyone keeps saying, well, we're in the era where everyone's so equal. Yeah, right. How's that working out? Every, <laughs> every chassis is a cookie cutter of the other. That, yeah. It's everyone gripes about it. Oh, the motors. Well, you can just walk into Billy the Kid and you can just ask for... I want what you give Stu, and you can buy that motor. You can call mm-hmm. Bicknell and, and after Hot Labs, and they will help you set your car up. Yes, all these things are true. Can you go get shocks done by the same person that does someone else's? Yes, you can. But if we're in the world of everything is so equal, how does this happen? I don't know.
1: <laughs> it's hard to explain. But yeah, people say... You hear people, you see people all the time saying, yeah, it was all different back then, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But like you say, back then people built their own cars for the most part, a lot of times, not all the time, but built their own cars and they were just way different. And, you know, the more money you had and the better cars you could be. Now, like you say, Matt Shepard goes by a car, me out, he buys them. White can go by the same car and same motor. And, you know, and he's, his, he's a very talented driver. Yet you know, he don't want it to clip Shepard does. Yep. So
0: that's a lot of the setup. That's the thing so. too. Now, don't get me wrong, I think Stu had an off year. Oh yeah, he did. Uh, he was, I just
1: motor wise he had a lot of
0: issues. Well I think too the trucks is starting to take a little toll where it's occupying a lot of time and it's just um It's got to be hard, man, to show up at a racetrack, hop in a car and go, well, I hope it's set up the way I would like it to be. I mean, yeah, you are putting a lot of faith in other guys to do that legwork, but, you know, it's, I heard T-Mac talk about it before, too, when he would run Volusia and he would run the modified and the late model, and he'd have to switch from one to the other and be like, well, I hope they saw what I did, because I don't have time to tell them, so... You know, there's a lot of adages to go into this. And, um, you know, some people have won stuff that I'm sure Shepard would have loved to win, too. You know, there again, the tire going down at Cherokees won. Um, He has lost a couple of races. Yes, we will admit that, but not nearly. uh, How many times did he actually get beat like Thursday and or I'm sorry, Friday and Saturday this past week? He got beat. F3. He got, Yes, he did. He got beat and he will gladly admit that. But mm-hmm. the races where he cuts a tire down or whatever the case is, I don't consider them necessarily because what they always say about the bounties, it's only if that guy is on the lead lap at the end of the race. So you have to mm-hmm. actually beat them. It's not a matter of, well, oh, they wrecked the first lap. I guess someone's going to win the bounty. That's not how it works. And that's not how I consider his losses to be. But, um, no. you know, Charlotte's an interesting one, too, because I feel like there's not normally guys that are coming up through the field in Charlotte. I, I feel like it, it all comes down to realistically time trialing is the big thing at Charlotte. There's not a, a crap ton of passing, um, not at least in a modified. Uh, I don't yeah. think there is. And But Shepard's really good at time trialing, too. So that's going to play a part. But he didn't win at Charlotte last year, right? No, 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 he didn't. Because Yankowski won one, her won one. That's right. So there and needs to be a I think. Well, and there again, too, you just brought it up. rain out. How many of Shepherd's races have been rained out this year? Well, you didn't have a out all year. Okay, so that there's weird. <laughs> there's that. There could be some that he could have won had they not rained out. So let's not oh, forget sure. that too. So he yep. very well could be at fifty right now. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. I think the trip down to Louisiana. I think he at least snags two. I think. I think that's what I would put the over under at. I'd put it at two out of five. So oh we'll, yeah, at least we'll see how that goes, and you know, does he show up to the gobbler? Who knows? Or yeah, something I like something like that. You know. You just never know at, the, at this time. Maybe if he's at 49, he'll go, you know what? I really want 50. Yeah. But, yeah, it's. But, um, yeah, it's the, the, um, re-
1: the record, the record from what I looked up, the pouch, Billy Pouch has won the most. 1990, he won 48. Oh, that can be beat. And McCready won 47 in 94. Wow. OK,
0: those are attainable. Yeah, they're terrible. They Absolutely. are attainable. And again, at this point in time, when everything is so equal, I don't know how it happens. I mean, who, let's be honest. Okay, so like we know Godown's going to be at every race that he's going to be at the rest of the year. He's already made that yes. announcement. Is who else is going to be? Who can be the one that may hold him back? Uh, still he's done mo- still he's modifies are done after this weekend he's not going to Louisiana
1: no he's not going to Louisiana he's done mo- they said they're mo- the last modified race from when I talked to Chad at Eastern States I asked him and he said nope this will be the last weekend of modifies and uh, he's going to run the late model one night down in Charlotte hmm okay um, all right, Wednesday night or whatever night the late model the first night the late models run,
0: he's going to run the late model then he has to get a Phoenix but so yeah he's not he's not running louisiana as of now anyway talking about records i mean that's one thing Stu has a chance at doing i believe he would be the first one to win a super dirt uh outlaw late model and outlaw spring car race i think no one else has won all three so that that's definitely an attainable goal at this point but he's i i think he's got to get a lot more laps in that late model of course
1: yeah from what i understand next year they're gonna run uh much less modified than more late models, I believe I, it I understand
0: you know we we've talked about that, we know uh Larry is going that direction as well. I can see um well I mean just when you have a rules package that you can run anything, I mean, I get it. Why would you bend over backwards just to make sure you have the right stuff to run this series or this track or this series or this track? It gets to be redundant after a while so yeah i can right. believe it and when there's a lot of money on the table yeah i, I can see it too so yeah yeah we'll see but yeah it's a uh, an attainable goal for sure and uh let's see what happens i think this weekend's gonna be the it's gonna tell us a lot that we need to know for the next two weeks
1: yeah it's it's yeah yeah he's gonna he's gonna most likely wrap up the elite series he's got a pretty decent lead in that one um the South series, like I say, is up in the air yet. uh go down's it's they go on a different point system this weekend. It's a hundred and fifty point system instead of hundred. So I don't know what the split is, but if, I think if I ran it he has to go down has to beat him by four or five spots if they're both in the top ten to win.
0: Yeah. So and we saw last year Georgetown. Got a little uh, nail biting for Mahaney, uh-huh. so it has happened before. So we'll see what happens this year. If,
1: if Shepard does win them all, this will be the second time he swept both series in the same year.
0: And I believe he's the only one to do it.
1: Yeah, yeah, he did it in 2019 when he won that big, that big bonus too.
0: Yep, as yeah, I don't know the bonus. Is there any bonus up this year that you know of? No, he's not, no. Yeah, I couldn't find anything either. And I would have thought, honestly, I would have thought that there would have been including the Elite Series. But I (laughs) think it's so funny. You know, I'm sure you heard it, too. When the Elite Series got announced last year, or, yeah, last year it got announced. And um, said it was six races. And I heard it from everyone, too. It said, how many guys are going to go chase all six races racing for second? And, I mean... How many of these races has Shepherd won?
1: Uh four? So go, well, go down to one Cherokee. Shepherd won Orange County. Uh Shepherd. Won, U- won Utica. Okay. Shepard won Shepherd one Fonda, and then Shepard won Port Royal. So. so three. He's won three. Yeah, three out of five so far.
0: Yep. Yep. And it's it's coming true. The question is. Next year, who's going to be the guy that's going to give him a run for his money? We saw Godown swinging for the stars this year and put on a hell of a show trying to get there. Um, It took him to some tracks he didn't have any laps at or hasn't ran in a long time, which I think reared its ugly head, especially at Fonda. But, um, you know, who's the one next year that gives Shepard a run for his money?
1: I don't know. Is there one? I don't know. (laughs) <laughs> it's. I can't think of one offhand. I really can't.
0: To be honest, it it again not knocking anybody else. I gave my no, kudos I'm to. Not. I gave my kudos to go down on this one, but yeah. I feel like the competition this year kind of dropped off a little bit. Same players, they just didn't look as good this year.
1: No, Matt Williamson hasn't had a good year on the. Uh, well, he's second points, and he finished second points in the North, but. He won one race. He wasn't athlete, lighting but, him up, <laughs> but he wasn't lighting him up. Right, exactly. And I don't think anyone. I, you had years before. But won a bunch of races on it, and um, I, I don't know. I, I can't really think. When Larry White, they like say he, he just hasn't run a lot of modified races this year, and I, I don't know if there is anybody. I really don't.
0: Yeah, it, it's tough. It's it's really tough. It's not, um, you know. It's like back in the days when Bruno San Martino had the title for how many damn years, and he go, well, who could have taken it? Well, right. um, there wasn't really anyone to really take it. So, yeah. So, to the rest of the field out there, you guys better get on your high horse or you're going to be having a repeat season next year.
1: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you, know, I, 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 you know, I mean, he might not. I wouldn't expect him to have a biggest year as he had next year, but you know, you know, he's going to get thirty wins. It's just, yep, it's just inevitable.
0: Yep, and I mean, looking back at his average for the last couple of years, so last three seasons he's averaged eighty-three starts and twenty-nine wins, twenty-nine wins on average, and this year he's shooting for fifty. The last five seasons, it was at 30.8, last 10, 27.9. So, about 30 is about the norm, 28 to 30. Yeah, this is uh, this is definitely special, uh, what we're seeing. I mean, we are seeing a Aaron Judge-esque type year in our little world we have here in the Northeast. So, for anyone that just wants to complain that he wins too much... Just remember, you're watching something special. Larson did it in 2020 when he got got the sit-down from NASCAR and he went out and he won 40-some sprint car races and he did it in style. This is what Matt Shepard's doing. No, it is. and uh, To me, it's like, you know, people always say they get tired
1: of the same person winning. And I I get that. I understand. Mm -hmm. Me, personally, I enjoy seeing somebody achieve something that's never been achieved before. Right, Um, And even if it's like even the I know you're a Patriots fan, mm-hmm. but even the Patriots, mm-hmm. you know, I, you know, you don't have to be a Tom Brady fan for me to, um, to realize how good he is and what you're seeing and uh, how great it is. And you're not going to see that again. And I appreciate that.
0: Yes, I went. Hey, I went through it being a Red Sox fan. I watched those Yankees in the 90s. Just, oh, it was painful to watch. But no roster like that has been assembled. And since then, it's just it's what it is. Same with the Cowboys in the early 90s. I had to go through that, too, and it was where have you ever seen this personnel all be on the field at the same time? It's the same thing, but you're exactly right. It does get kind of bland after a while watching Jimmy Johnson win seven championships and the amount of time that he did it. But guess what? He was that damn good, and their organization was that good, and that's what Matt Shepard has and he's just achieving things right now. I don't think it's a matter of, well, there's just no one good out there. He's just what we have. No, he is that damn good.
1: Oh, he is. He, he is that damn good right now. Yep. I mean, there's no one better than him right now. And, you know, it, it, now I think if freezing ran full time modified and, right. you know, and all that, they'd be a lot different.
0: Yes. But uh,
1: he's not. Nope. And, you know,
0: we have so, to take so, what we're and given. That's,
1: that's, and that's not that fault. It's just he, he, it's out there. He, he's doing this for a living.
0: Exactly so, right. We have to just accept and, that this is what we're given and this is the outcome we're getting. So uh, appreciate it while we have it. But exactly. Yeah. Yep. I think uh, it's going to be fun this weekend hanging out in Georgetown and uh, watching 40 some guys chase the 9S around. Pretty much, yes. Or they're going to die trying. That's just how it's going to go. They're They're going to
1: die trying. They are going
0: to be throwing haymakers left and right. uh, And we'll see what happens. I mean, I've seen, you know, hey, uh, no one expected the Florida Marlins to win the World Series in 97. And guess what? It happened. So um, anything is possible at Georgetown on Saturday night.
1: Right. And I don't think you're going to see Matt points race this year, this weekend. He's just gonna go for it like normal and go for the wins and the points are gonna fall where they are.
0: Oh, with yeah, with twenty five grand on the line, you're a fool if you're gonna go out there and go, Oh, I just need to get like fifth. Yeah, uh-huh. Yeah. I don't see it either. But uh nope. Yeah. I uh appreciate you coming on and talking all things the nine ass of Super Matt Shepherd tonight. And uh I'll see you this weekend on a Georgetown, bud. Yeah,
1: yeah, I'll be there.